0: Morning. Today's scripture is 1 John chapter 2 verses 18 through 27. Children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard that antichrist is coming, so now many antichrists have come. Therefore we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, then they would have continued with us. But they went out, that it might become plain that they all are not of us. But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you all have knowledge. I write to you, not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and because no lie is of the truth. Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, he who denies the Father and the Son. But the anointing that you received from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in him. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated.
1: Thank you, Liz. Well, hello, everyone. Good morning. It is good to see you all in here this morning. And hi, kids. You can say hi back. Hi. hi. It's great to have you in here. So, for any of us who might not know, this uh, we have um, kindergarten through uh, sixth grade, fifth grade, is uh, in here with us today because, as you can see, lots of people leave Tucson on this weekend. And, uh, you know, I grew up in San Diego, and that is a July 4th kind of city. Not so much in Tucson. Uh, it's, <laughs> but it's, it's not our thing as much, but it is still. I'm glad we all are here together today. Uh, I'll just go ahead out of the gates and even warn you and bless you. You know, it's really not worth it to drive anywhere to try to watch for higher works. So, uh, I don't know, if you're turning on your TV or uh, take your life in your own hands and do it in your own backyard, but, uh, or out in the front street, but, you know, you don't really need to drive anywhere out of, the out of, uh, you know, be stuck in your car and all that for hours. A- anyone? Am I alone on this? Okay. All right. We actually did, like, our first year as a church Uh, We did a July 4th party, and that's why I'm saying what I'm saying to you right now, (laughs) far because of that. But, uh, well, my name is Dave, and I'm one of the pastors here at Redemption Tucson. And as I just illustrated for you, I have a stutter, and it'll come in and out as I preach, and I just want to make sure that you know what that is, and you're not kind of trying to figure out What's uh, what's happening? So we have a lot to cover this morning as we walk through this um, fairly brief but really packed passage together. And so um, we need to get into it t- together. And so uh, if you have a copy of God's Word, the Bible, with you, go ahead and turn there. And uh, uh, we're in First John chapter two. So again, go ahead and turn there. If you don't have a copy of the Bible or you don't own one, uh, hold your hand up and keep it up and somebody will get you one. If you just forgot it, you can take it. And um, But if you don't have one, this is our gift to you. And we also have some in um, espanol también. We have some in Spanish. So uh, just just say and we'll give it to you. It's again our gift to you. So this morning, where are we headed? Okay, a big idea, theme in this time in First John is... Come to Jesus. For those who have f- followed Jesus and have maybe wandered or strayed or are struggling, come back to Jesus. For others who have maybe been close to or interested in but have kind of been on the outskirts, the, the, the kind of nuts and bolts message is come to Jesus. And specifically this morning, this is what we'll see. This is how I've kind of broken down this passage. I think we have it up here, do we? This is what we'll see, right? Watch out, know your anointed, and abide in Christ. So if you're taking notes or things like that, you can see that's kind of how we're going to walk through it together and there are a lot of quotes, a lot of passages, a lot of slides this morning. So uh I'll even just say for us it, that we're talking about some some people might think it's like sp- spooky or crazy stuff like one of my older siblings who's not a uh, Christian is like, "Oh, like you're going to talk about like the antichrist and the anointing of the holy spirit and stuff like that. that's what you guys talk about every Sunday, right? That's all that you do there, things like that." Well, this Sunday, yes, for sure. Okay, we are, and I just want to acknowledge that for uh, some of us, it's a little g- disorienting, and uh, it we didn't necessarily plan on having all the kids in here and uh, doing it all together, but we're in here, we're family, and uh, we need God's help. Amen? All right, that's what we're going to talk about together, but um, that's what I'm going to pray for right now, is that God will lead us and speak to us and shape us as we understand or seek to understand what it looks like to faithfully follow Jesus. All right, so let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for this time together this morning. I joked about July 4th and, um, you know, being here in Tucson. or But I, I as is the case every Sunday, um, even the, the interaction I had ye- yesterday afternoon in, in the middle of the hot day, Uh, where I ran into someone and ended up getting to talk with them for a long time, and and we got to pray together. Um, Nothing is an accident for you. So everyone who's here, even right now in this moment, I believe you have invited us to hear from your word. Lord, I pray that um, you will get me out of the way. Anything I offer that's not helpful, just let it kind of roll in or go in one ear out the other. But Lord, whatever you want to speak to us through your word, anything that's helpful, anything that's challenging, Lord, I pray that our hearts are before you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Watch out. 1 John chapter 2 picking up in verse 18. Children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us, but they went out, that it might become plain that they all are not of us. So as I mentioned, some kind of strange themes here, and I'm just going to tell you, uh, we are going to address it some this morning, but we're also going to dive into it in a couple months here when we walk through Revelation. We're going to dive into all these themes much more pointedly. But specifically, some of these come up right now, and I want us to talk about them it, because um, you see this, this there's a, a warning here. And here's something that I just, I, I'm assuming and I wanna challenge you to assume it or to join me in this, is that we live in really disorienting times. Okay, most of us probably could agree with that. We live in confusing times. Okay, f- first of all with that, it's not new though. <laughs> As we see here 2,000 years ago, these were disorienting times as well. So, but still, we can just acknowledge, we live in confusing, disorienting times. And here's my assumption also. We are easily led astray. We are easily distracted. I won't make you turn to your neighbor and say that like I sometimes do, but I just wanna challenge you. You might even wanna kind of resist that or bristle with it, So, and that's okay. In fact, that's good, because I want us all to engage right now with what we're hearing and saying. Do you believe, do you recognize that you are easily distracted and easily led astray? Some of the language in scripture is like chaff blown in the wind, if you picture a the, dandelion that you blow, and then it just is kind of carried off. Some of us, that's us. I would say actually all of us, that's us. Okay, so that's the assumption. So with that, as we get into that, we hear this, right? Uh, It is the last hour. Okay, what does that mean? What does the last hour mean? End times. Here we go, right? We're going to dive in. We're going to talk. I'm going to tell you Okay, get out your pen. This is exactly when and how Jesus is coming back. No, I'm not doing that because the Bible specifically tells us we don't know. But this language of last hour is important. And here's a, 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 something I think a helpful definition. Our own Frank Switzer, the uh, lead pastor of Redemption Arcadia said this. A finite period of time between Jesus' ascension and his second coming so let me just explain that briefly what this is is when jesus died on the cross and then rose from the dead that's easter sunday he rose from the dead then he spent a significant amount of time with his followers and over 500 people saw him risen from the dead and followed him and trusted him and then he said I'm going to come back, but right now I'm ascending. God is taking me, the Father is taking me to his right hand where I will be, and, and I will come back. And then he gave a charge. He said, but you are my followers. Go and tell the whole world what you've seen me do and who I am, what, I've, what I'm all about. All these things I've taught you, you go and teach others also. And then he said, right, the first, Terminator, I'll be back. Right? And so so that was over two thousand years ago. So the last hour, of the last day, is we're in it. But it's it's not this specific time that we need to go out and look for. It is a finite period of time that only God Himself truly knows. It is from when Jesus ascended and when Jesus will come back, which we fully believe will actually be. Uh, a historical event that we anticipate and look forward to. Okay? So that's the last hour. Again, much more about that in the months to come, but I want to make sure we understand what we're talking about here with the last hour. Now, he starts to talk about the antichrist. The antichrist is coming, but then he, and then he even says, "You've heard that antichrist is coming." So now many antichrists are coming, and again, I just want to acknowledge, this is kind of confusing stuff. So from one um, app, it's an app actually, but from a, a church in um, New York, that there's a, a helpful quote that I want to share with you that kind of breaks down our understanding of the Antichrist, if you can have it up there. The Antichrist, which the writer talks about with a capital A, okay, a, 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 a specific person, is a player in the Earth's final days, a person or system who takes the place of God, okay? The Antichrist. However, the writer also talks about the spirit of the Antichrist, lowercase a, and warns readers about it. The spirit of the Antichrist is a person, thing, ideology, or anything that offers a false substitute for Jesus in our lives. Okay, so there's the Antichrist, this is there is uh, the angel Lucifer, the angel of light, who rebelled against God, and over a, a, or a third of the other angels left. This is before. Uh, this is in the before the the creation of the whole, um, uh, uh, or the before what we enter into in, gener- in Genesis chapter one of the of of God creating man mankind. Okay, so sometimes we don't know exactly all of the details, but in the heavenly realm, in the throne room. This this angel rebels against God and a a third of the angels, spiritual beings created, not eternal, created by God. So a third of these rebel against God. And those are demons. Okay, and the Antichrist, again, we're gonna unpack this a lot when we walk through Revelation, but it's important for us to understand there, okay, what we're talking about now. Here, this language is addressing both. The main idea, though, for the author John is to help people understand the antichrists. Okay, now hear me, because this, again, put our thinking caps on for a moment. Maybe it's good that we have our kids in here with us, because now we can know what they feel when we try to explain to them about taking out the trash or making their beds or things like that, right? It's like, they're like, looking at us like, what? wait, I can't hear you. Okay, so try to understand here with me. Okay, there are specific antichrists in that time at that day that he's talking about, and it's a group of people. Let me warn you, in some ways from personal experience, don't go around calling people antichrist or ident- trying to identify who's the antichrist or not. And this time, though, he is talking about Gnostics, a group of people who say you need special knowledge in order to be right and true. You need to know this information. So come, and we would call that a cult. Okay, you need to know this special information, the special handshake, the special hat, well, whatever it is. Come and get closer to us and give us all your money and then let us control everything about your life and we, then you'll be saved. Then you'll be okay, all right? So he's talking about and warning about this specific group of people who are confusing and leading God's people astray. But then also, as we see their impact, there's the spirit of antichrist. There's this, it's anything, okay, hear me, anything that leads God's people away from, from the good news of Jesus, his who he is, what he's done, and what he will do. Anything that leads us away is antichrist. Okay, so right now I think for us it's important, church, to have in our minds because sometimes we want to hang our hats on these kind of big spooky things out there and what ends up happening is we miss the, the things that are, that are closer that are leading us astray more slowly. We're so looking out for this big, you know, boogeyman, devil, you know, costume that comes and and we're all looking out there and we're blind to the antichrist of philosophies, ideologies, uh, temptations. So, are you tracking with me? Okay, anything that leads us astray. Okay, let me um, show here, hopefully this will help. There's a diagram here that I I learned a number of years ago and has really been helpful for me. And hopefully it'll be a framework for us to think through, okay? And I'm going to camp out here a bit. So sin is ultimately rebellion against God. Okay, in the beginning, Adam and Eve, right? It's God says your identity, okay, who you are, who you are, how you view yourself, how you feel about yourself, your identity and your purpose, what you do, your goals in life, your hobbies, your your work, all that. Your identity and your purpose, God says, is meant to be completely flowing out of who I am and who you are. God says, I am the creator, I'm the artist, I'm the mechanic, I'm the contractor. You are the creature. You are the created, you are the artwork, you are the engine, you are the house, right? I, I have made you and I've given you eternal, infinite value as my image bearer. That's who you are. And I've given you your whole purpose in life. Uh, ultimately glorify God and bless others. Do, in all that you do, right, we say all of life is all for Jesus. In everything that you do, your identity and your purpose, secured by God. Now, sin, okay, this is in maybe an oversimplification, but I think it's helpful, is simply saying, no thanks, God. Now, of course, there are millions of little expressions of sin, but it's ultimately us saying, I want it my way. I don't want my identity or my purpose to come from you. I want to be in control, right? Is a right, the prophet Carrie Underwood says, right, Jesus, take the wheel, right, but we do the opposite. We want to take the wheel and take it, no, all be in control. It's it's this idea. I don't want to be the creature. I don't want to be the created. I want to come back and I want to replace you, okay, so that's sin. Now, how does sin show up in the world and in our own lives and our communities and everything that we do? So the flesh, all right, let me explain that. The flesh is you and me what we think, feel, do outside of God's intervention. Because we rebelled against God and turned away from him, we are, the language in the scriptures, we are dead. We are naturally enemies of God. Okay, we, we have rebelled against God and we are, another big word, we are depraved. All right, we, we wanna wage war against God. And so we need his help to intercede. Then for those who put their faith in Jesus, you, it is God himself sends the Holy Spirit to give you a new heart. The language in Ephesians, you go from death to life. Okay, from, from, from enemies to children. Given a new heart, the Holy Spirit, who we'll talk about more in a moment here, now indwells you, lives in you, sets up shop, in your heart you are secured or sealed the language is used you now belong to him so in the book of galatians there's this explanation of the fruits of the spirit the fruits of the flesh we were in romans chapter 8 a couple of months ago and we talked more about this the things i want to do i don't do the things i don't want to do i do Okay, that's this battle. So in the meantime, until Jesus returns and makes all things new and, 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 and now we are fully restored in him, we have a battle going on, the flesh and the spirit. For those who have not put their faith in Jesus, the flesh wins out every time. Okay, But for those who have given their heart to Christ, we are now dependent on the Holy Spirit. So the flesh I just said a lot, if that confused you, I'm sorry, but I hopefully it helped some. The flesh, the big idea is this, it's humbly acknowledging I need God's help. It's acknowledging I put my faith in Jesus, and yet still there's a battle going on within my heart where I want to go my own way. I want to stray, I want to lead, right? If you know that song, what's the song? Prone to wander, what is that song? I always forget. Come thou found. Thank you. Come thou found, if you ever heard that hymn. Prone to wander. It's humbly acknowledging, yeah, I'm tempted to wander, to be led astray. Okay, that's the flesh, the demonic, the antichrist. I already explained that there more. Demons are spiritual beings who are really crafty, who know humanity and our tendencies better than we do, in many cases know you and me better than we do, and know what will lead us away. The ultimate goal, okay, C.S. Lewis says this, that that, 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 that the enemy or Satan or the devil, the, the enemy's goal is not to scare you, but to impede you. So again, we think, oh, demons, ooh, you know, boogeyman, scary stuff, all this. It can be that. And in certain cultures, that is, I think, how demons really show themselves. They, they scare you and paralyze you because people in different cultures maybe are more aware of the spiritual realm than we are in the United States. And I think demons are totally okay with that, with being overlooked and misunderstood in our culture. Like We don't need to get all the credit, we just wanna trip them up. So if they, if, they, if they call it, if they recognize it as demonic or technology, I don't care, as long as it trips them up and leads them away from Jesus. And then with that, a third circle you see there or category is the world. And this is systems and structures again, that are in rebellion to God, that are not about Jesus's glory and the flourishing of all people under his rule and reign. That's the world. The world is not this specific political ideology or this specific thing or this. It's anything, left, right, up, down, whatever, anything that is opposed to or anti-Christ is the world. Now, that whole thing, is we need to understand as you see there they overlap, and and we can we can um, I think settle for trying to differentiate it all and figure out what's what. I think what we need to do here is acknowledge his main message is watch out. I want you to be aware. I don't want you to be distracted or led astray. I don't want you to wander away from Jesus. Recognize again this antichrist that. Our own flesh can be in rebellion. Our own who you and I are ap- apart from Jesus can be antichrist. There are demons that are chirping in our ears, whispering little temptations, little lies, little accusations. And we are in the middle of a world that is constantly sending us a m- message that our identity and or our purpose can be found in anything other than Jesus. Okay, you can probably imagine just a scenario. I'll just throw one out there for you. It could be this, I had a hard work day and I felt misunderstood from someone and I just, I I don't feel very good about myself. My identity has been shaken a bit and so I come home and I know that I'm, I, I, I want to be healthier and I know that Drinking, uh, you know, a, a half a bottle of scotch and a, eating a half of a thing of ice cream is not really what I need. But I just, I just want to kind of be numb and I just want to feel good for a moment. But I, I decide not to do that. I, I pass up the liquor store. I don't do that. But then I I, 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 get home and I'm like, well, I'll at least have one bowl of ice cream, not a whole thing. And what happens? Oh, someone else ate all the ice cream, right? So now there's no. So now I'm and I'm 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 discontent. I'm frustrated. And then I sit down and I watch something and what comes up, a commercial, right? For i don't know matthew mcconaughey's drinking some kind of scotch and there's cool jazz in the music, in the background and i'm like oh yeah that will all of a sudden make me look cool sound cool be cool I, that is probably what i need and you can see where this plays right it's our own heart can deceive us our flesh our the world around us commercials and temptations and all these things and then little whispers of accusation and and doubt that god really is enough so what is the message here be on guard be warned. Anything that turns you and me away from Jesus. And now before we move on, I just want to again camp out for a, for a moment, right? While, while I'm here, let's just keep going there. There are things that work in our heart, in our lives, in our world today, in our own hearts, and I believe that demonic presence are really active in right now. On a personal idols of the heart Power, approval, comfort, consumerism. And then some other things that are maybe broader in our culture today. Fear, control, discontent, secret knowledge. Church, I just want to even, based on some conversations over the last couple months and things like this, I just want to remind us and encourage us. There are so many messages out there that just think, oh, if you just know this. No one can really know. It's all confusing. It's all disorienting. No one can really know what's going on, but I'm the closest. (laughs) I've watched a lot of YouTube, a lot of Google. I've done a lot, and I've got it kind of figured out. There's these these secret groups. Marcus, should I go there? I'll, I'll just go there. I'll mention it, all right? If you want to talk to me afterward, I will. QAnon the illuminati you know all these other things that are out there that's like this is what we've got to do we've got to we've got to protect fill in the blank and I just want to submit to us, it's this, I think in our own hearts, it's a, and I'll just speak to us men in particular, I think we are prone to that. In some ways, maybe coming from a good place of wanting to protect or wanting to uh, not be passive or something, we also though can, can just, I think, seek to replace Jesus on the throne and in turns, we, we don't even acknowledge it, but we, we have this picture of God that he's weak and impotent and needs us to, to find out whatever the problem is to go and track it down and then to do something about it. That's not the message of scripture. You can find a couple of verses out of context here and there to maybe slap onto that, but when you look at the full message of scripture, it is Jesus is on the throne and he's coming back to make all things new. And he's calling his people to faithfully trust in him and to seek his glory and others' good in all that we do. That's very simple. It's not easy. I agree, it's complex how we walk through that. But, church, I want to I shepherd us. I don't want to just say the popular thing or not be afraid to acknowledge. Let me share a passage in 1 Timothy chapter 4. He says this the author paul his kind of m- 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 mentor says have nothing to do with irreverent silly myths rather train yourself for godliness don't be led astray by these silly myths train yourself for godliness so now the good question thank you for asking how how do we train ourselves for godliness i'm glad you ask right know you're anointed. Okay, pick up with me in verse 20. But you have been anointed by the Holy Spirit, and you have all knowledge. I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and because no lie is of the truth. But you Watch out. Watch out for the Antichrist, for the Antichrist. Watch out for sin, for, for, for the work in your own heart, the work in the demonic realm, the work out there and in the world uh, around you. Be aware of that. Now, we historically as a church often tend to one extreme or the other. We either completely ignore it or we indulge in it. Every time I stub my toe in a rock, oh, some demon sent that there. And, you know, every time something happens, what, you know, we go on a demon hunt, witch hunt, we're trying to find everything again. The, the de- and I think even John here specifically is acknowledging no, don't be ignorant. Don't be naive. Recognize the battle you're in. But don't ultimately focus on all that. Take Have peace, take take security in knowing that you have been set apart. Focus on the fact that you have been anointed. Here we go, now's where we get charismatic. All right, what does anointing mean? Well, Christ means the anointed one. Okay, so if you are a Christian, you are a follower of. You belong to the Anointed One. What does anointing mean? We have a little definition. I think is it up here? That no, I don't. Sorry. Go ahead and get that one off there. Not yet. <laughs> my bad. Thank you guys. Thank you, Peter. I'm keeping him on his toes this morning, right? <laughs> Can we thank the AV table? As we mentioned, they always get noticed when something goes wrong. It slides off, or my mic doesn't work, which is normally my. but we just blame it on the mic. And, uh, but no, they do a great job. Thank you all for faithfully serving. Okay, so anointing means to be consecrated, sacred, dedicated to God. Okay, in Acts chapter 10, we see this. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He was set apart, anointed, Consecrated by the Holy Spirit, given a purpose. And then the language we have here is that you and I have been anointed, right? But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you have all knowledge. There's not this secret knowledge out there that you need to be afraid of being tricked and go out and look for. Don't be naive, but take stock in. Find confidence and comfort in knowing that God himself has set you apart, has consecrated you. Often this was done when a king was put in place. There was oil put on them, and it was, you are washed clean, and you are empowered for the job that you have been called into. And Jesus, as Jesus himself was anointed with the Holy Spirit, those who have put their faith in him have also now been anointed consecrated sealed secured set apart by the holy spirit we need to talk more and depend more on the holy spirit amen you can say amen that's not getting we're not going to be in danger there that's an example as the holy spirit works more we'll be more free and saying amen and you know Maybe even going from here to here. Every once in a while. In our worst rise, we're like here. No shame if you don't want to do that, whatever. But, right, just there's a freedom. And as we're led by the Spirit, there's a power and a freedom. However that's expressed in worship, that's not the focus here. But how is it in your heart? We tend to focus more on knowledge, information, the Bible. That is good. But, We can't really understand the Bible without the Holy Spirit. Some of that charismatic spooky stuff, right? We need the Spirit to help us. Our minds are not enough. Our intellectual capacity and strength is not enough. Let me share with you the quote that uh, Peter threw up there earlier from John Stott. This is the biblical balance which is too seldom preserved Some honor the word and neglect the spirit. I would say our theological tradition would more fall in line with this. All right, we honor the word, but we neglect the spirit who alone can interpret the word. Others honor the spirit but neglect the word out of which he teaches. I experienced this myself in the tradition I was growing up in. Oh, the Lord told me this. The Lord said this. I just got a, an, imp- an impression about this. You're, you're stutter. You have demons holding your tongue. I got a picture and I saw this and you just need to be... And it's, it's overemphasis the, and often it even contradicts scripture. Okay, so there are... It's, it's a slippery slope. The only... Safeguard against lies is to have remaining within us both the word that we have heard from the beginning and the anointing that we received from him. It is by these old possessions, again, a dependence on the Holy Spirit and a submission to the word of God, not by new teachings or teachers that we shall remain in the truth. Knowledge that is informed and shaped by and dependent on the Holy Spirit. Okay, there's this place that I hope and pray we grow into as a church where we are humble enough to acknowledge even maybe every morning as we open the Bible. We don't just need a second cup of coffee or a secondary degree to understand more. Okay, we need God the Holy Spirit to open our eyes in our ears and soften our hearts to receive his truth. Otherwise, it's, as uh, 1 Corinthians 13 uses this language, it's sounding gong and clanging cymbals, it's, it's gibberish. Okay, we, we need the help of the Holy Spirit. So that's focusing on the anointing. But there's knowledge. No, right, we need to know more. We do need information. But church, again, I would, I, would, I would submit to us, I think we often are content with knowledge and information and facts that's intellectual but not functional. This shows up in the classroom, in the courtroom, in the you know, in the in the conversations, maybe even here in church, but doesn't show up in our cars, in our living room, in our thoughts, in our feelings. We need knowledge that is. Life shaping. True knowledge is life shaping. Okay, there's a difference, right, between knowledge that's just interesting. Some of us treat knowing God, knowing the Bible, knowing theology as. Like, it's just interesting stuff. I know dates and geography. Like, Mark, Pastor Marcus is great at geography and knows geography. And I, I used to think I was good at it until we became friends. I am like, wow, he's definitely got me beat there. And, right, and some of us know, know history and we know dates and when, you know, different things were happening. And that's really good stuff, but it's often not life-shaping, life, shaping, life Dependent. We have three kids who are starting to learn how to, how to drive in here. This, most of this second row, a lot of you are learning how to drive, right? And um, the knowledge that in our community, in our country, red means stop, green means go, yellow means you probably should stop because someone's going to fly through the next intersection, or, right? Like, but that knowledge is important. Your life depends on it. Right? Similarly for me, I don't, I don't, you all know I'm not going to pretend to be a scientist or anything like that, but I know, even if I can't explain it, I know that the difference between solid gas and liquid is really important. <laughs> right? I know that um, I, I, the fact that I set this cup that's filled with liquid, right, I almost got that one wrong there, filled with liquid Liquid is I can put it here and not here because this is solid, this podium, this is gas. Is that right? This is gas, right? The air is gas. I got that. Cool. Okay, thanks. Okay, this is solid. This is gas, right? That's important. If I just did it, if I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, and just set it there and stuff, right, all chaos would, that's like, that's life-shaping all the more. Knowledge of who Jesus is and what he's done shapes your life, your dependence on the Holy Spirit and God's provision in in giving you his own spirit. And that is how you live this life he's called you into. That is life shaping. That is important. So how do we do it? How do we watch out? How do we know Remember that we have been anointed and consecrated by abiding in Christ. Picking up in verse 24. Let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he made to us, eternal life, security, flourishing, thriving hope verse 27 but the anointing that you receive from him abides in you and you have no need that anyone should teach you again this is in that context you don't need to go seek out this secret knowledge out there you don't need to just obsess over youtube and google and what do you not know focus on jesus as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie just as it has taught you, abide in Him. That word abide means remain, be tethered to, be dependent on, daily, moment by moment, every interaction, every circumstance, every thought, every word, every action, submitted to and depended on God the Holy Spirit and His work of pointing us to the security, the power, the hope and the good news of life in and through Jesus, alone. Watch out. Know your anointing and abide in Christ. Let's pray. Lord, we do need you. I don't know where everyone is in here this morning, if anyone's angry. Confused, uh, convicted, encouraged. I pray and hope that all of us are in your hands. I pray that we're humbled, that we do recognize that though we want to believe otherwise, we are not God. You are God and we are not. And we desperately need you. We are prone to wander. But you have intervened. You have given us new hearts and new minds. You have called us your own. And then you have secured us. You have promised, Jesus, that none that have been entrusted to you will be taken or snatched from your hands. So with that good news, that security, that confidence, help us to remain, to abide in you. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.